Hey guys, Tim Gillette, Tim Gillette Show, and we are back with another exciting episode here on our 100 days, uh, 100 interviews in 30 days. So today I'm going to bring an old friend back on because uh, she's been on my show when it was Rocker Life Coach. She was on my show, I think, when it was the Tim, the Tim Gillette Radio Show. Uh, so I'm going to bring her back on for this one too because just like me, she's changed quite a bit. Um, I knew this girl back when she was pink biker chick. Um, we go back quite a ways and, uh, we've had quite a friendship, I'd say over the last, uh, probably about nine years or so. I mean, I, I, I gotta remember where we originally met when it, when it was, I'm sure she'll catch me up on that. But, uh, today we're going to be bringing on Eldana Lewis Fernandez and she's got something. I want to say it's probably the most fascinating thing I've seen her do. So uh, I'm excited to have her here. Let's talk about it. Hey, Eldana. Hey, Tim, what's shaking? How much? What are you doing today? Uh, well, I, uh, you know, I have a job with a defense contractor, so I'm uh, gainfully employed here at home. My office is right back over there on the other side of the beads. So, um, on the other side of the partition. Yes. Right. <laughs> I have my two four-legged coworkers, Meowmix and George, and their, uh, Meowmix has now moved to her desk outside sunning herself. So. Wait, wait, oh, my cat. Yeah, mine's right here. Sun still coming down, sitting in the sun. Yep. They love that, don't they? So they soak up the sun. So tell me what you're doing now. Well, um, I'm doing my uh, baskets and beads uh, mission in Kenya with uh, 34 women in a slum in Kenya. Wow. This is totally new from Pink Biker Chick. <laughs> Hey, I'll always be the pink biker chick. <laughs> Take control of the handlebars of your life. Roll on your throttles to success. That's uh, that'll always be there. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it funny? I mean, I, I, you know, I always get this thing where you know, in the show where I kind of get people to know, tell them what they're at, and I get the story back. But like you and I, the story goes way back. I mean, I did know you when you were pink biker chick. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, you know, we heard of each other in the motorcycle mm -hmm. world, but we never really met in person. I think we were Facebook friends before we met at, at Craig's, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we go back, what, like the commonality of people we know, we knew, we both knew Joan. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think if we met about the same time as you and Jeff and I met. Um, but there's other people in the world, like I knew from Vegas uh, and stuff like that. Who all talked about me, and uh, I don't know if you know Shelly Rice, uh, in that whole realm of people that we always talked about. You know, do you know? I mean, I would get everywhere. Do you know Pete Bikencheck? And I'm like, I know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, you know, working on kind of doing something in the motorcycle industry, but um, I don't know. It just didn't it didn't work the way I thought it would work. So uh, I started using my expertise, teaching people how to think like a negotiator. And I still do it. As a matter of fact, I did a little piece the other day on my own uh, Facebook about um, negotiating with creditors during this uh, coronavirus time. So yeah. I love teaching that and I still teach it whenever I get the opportunity. I have always, uh, you know what I mean? You, when you went to the negotiation I've learned the most about negotiating things. And and I love your, your you know what I mean? I know you did a, a, like a boot camp type thing where you taught people to go to yard sales and, and negotiate. It's a great place to practice your negotiating skills. I remember that. <laughs> it is though. Because, it is. 
you know, it's like a low risk, low risk, low cost uh, environment where you're going to you, you make offers. That's all negotiation is offer, acceptance, counteroffer, rejection of offer. And you're, you're making an offer and it's only a few dollars. And so if you screw it up, big deal. But you learned how to read the other people. You learned how to ask for exactly what you want. You learned how to actually uh, hone those skills. And I especially have a lot of people that are scared to do that. And I tell them, go to a yard sale, go to a thrift shop, make mm -hmm. an offer. Now, oh, all I can say is no. Uh, but have you seen what Gary V was doing along that line? Um, I think so. So hey, I've seen him do a couple of them live and I see him recording a, a couple of them because he tells people, well, if you're broke and you got nothing to do, go to a yard sale and take your phone with an eBay app and see what the thing it is selling for on eBay that's actually at the yard sale. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. All right. And like I did similar to that. All right. Where I bought junk and sold it. Uh, and and turned a profit, and that's how I think I bought my original like thousand dollars worth of Apple stock that turned into five thousand over over a couple of years time, and that's it. It's was you know what I mean it's kind of a great match. Most people are like, well, I'm scared to go do this. Well, if you watch Gary V do it, I mean Gary V, who does not need to go to yard sales, still every now and then he goes and does it to show people this is how easy it is to get started. If you've got nothing going on, go to a yard sale. And I'm thinking next step from there, they need to speak with you to learn how to negotiate at that yard sale. <laughs> well, funny thing is I started selling on eBay like in uh, 2002, mm -hmm. uh, 2003, doing that same thing. I should have, uh, I should have publicized that, you know, but um, that's, I started selling on eBay and then I, you know, I would go to yard sales and find things. And this is before you could really kind of had an app where you could look them up. You just had to kind of, think, oh, okay, I know this will sell. I know this will sell. And then I started selling Harley parts on eBay, yeah. buying them from dealers and reselling them. I made a lot of money doing that. Now, I built my one chopper. I bought my rec chopper off of, I don't know if it was eBay. It might've been eBay at the time. It might've been Craigslist. I don't remember, but it was kind of wrecked up and I bought it and, and rebuilt it. And it was all eBay parts. Like I went through eBay finding the parts for the, you know, the information I needed and piece by piece bought the parts and fixed that bike up. And at the time I was making $7 an hour working at Starbucks, <laughs> which was 2004, 2005. But anyway, it got me through cause I couldn't afford a bike. And that was the way I got to do the bike I wanted was, is I basically bought a wrecked bike and rebuilt it the way I needed it to work and drove it every day. And eBay is that, um, and I wished, I mean, I wish I had learned negotiation skills, but you can't really negotiate on eBay that much. Well, you can bid on it, but I, I hardly ever did the bidding. I always bought, okay, they're doing sell now for this price and I would do it. I don't like the negotiation part. <laughs> I don't. I, well, I don't. When I sell things, I don't negotiate. I basically put up, this is my bottom line price. Give it to me. Yes or no. Don't, I don't deal with it. Um, because well, negotiation you've just put your bottom line and said there's no room although yeah. there, <laughs> any negotiator could always make another offer but um, yeah, i i like I, I when i sold all my heart well, when i sold my harley uh last year and i sold all of my extra gear and stuff i didn't feel like storing anymore uh and extra parts and trinkets i had and i i marked it i think i sold everything for like it was like 25 dollars for whatever you wanted so like i had a 
CVO Harley Davidson bike cover. This thing you can't get. And I sold it for 25 bucks. So it's like, if you're going to negotiate $25 off of a $400 cover, you really can't afford to be buying that cover. <laughs> yeah. I was in a, uh, a, a workshop recently and, you know, we're talking about the guy was teaching negotiation uh -huh. and, um, we we're talking about like my beads and he's like, Oh, yo, with that story, would you negotiate that? And this other guy says, yes. And I'm like, well, go ahead. I'm not going to sell to you. You know, <laughs> there's just some things I'm all about negotiation, but I've had people ask me, Oh, if I buy two, can I get a deal? No, you cannot because this is something fair trade. It's taking money away from the women mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. don't have money to make it. So I, I love it when people ask me that. And my question coming back to them is, how many places in your house do you have with running water that mm -hmm. you can actually drink out of? Yeah. And, and I did that actually at uh, at Craig Deswalt's boot camp. Somebody was trying to negotiate a deal. Oh, they're like strange rate, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how many places do you have where you can get up out of your bed and go to the bathroom? I'm like, yeah. these women don't have that. So no, there's not a deal. So yeah. bought them both anyway. So I, I, I think it was, James Malinchek spoke at one of Craig's events. Like he was doing just a blip in. All right. And um, I was in the room because I was doing something for Craig. I don't remember what I was doing. But at the end, I come back out and James is like outside talking to people. And I said, well, what did you offer? And he said, such and such for like $1,000. And I'm like, and I, I sold however many I had. And I'm like, well, I, I'll, I'll take that. And, um, and, and he said, I'm sorry. I only had a limited number. I said, well, I'll pay the extra hundred for shipping. He says, and he said, Tim, I went through Aldana's course. You can't negotiate with me. <laughs> um, I love that. I mean, but I love James. James is like, he's just, he's one of those people. This is the way it is. If you want it from him, you're getting it the way it is, but that's the smart way to do things. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's like, it is what it is. Don't be, you know, don't be haggling. Okay. Uh, so now you're doing this thing with baskets and beads. All right. Tell me how this got started. So um, actually, I had a, uh, I was speaking and had a booth at um, Craig Duswalt's boot camp. Mm -hmm. And the person next to me, this guy, Steve, who I didn't know, uh, had this booth and he was doing something with Craig to raise some money with Craig's band together um, foundation to take uh, blankets and stuff to people in the Houston Beaumont area from that hurricane that was there in 2017. So this was fall, yeah. fall of 2017. And I, um, I sat down with him and probably for about a couple hours, just talked to him and he was talking about, you know, he does these trips to Kenya. He's been doing it for 20 years, um, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I, you know, um, I didn't realize he's a retired pastor for my church, but you know, I, I don't, I'm never like one to be like, Oh, that's so-and-so whatever. I'm just your person. Your name's Steve. I'm talking to you. But, um, uh, he is, so he talked to me and I didn't make a decision then. And then Craig had his, um, his event his rock your life event. And, and that the big event that he had in orange County. And I, I, uh, went to that and he was there again and he had um, a lady, Sister Frida, who I'm now very good friends with uh, from Kenya. She was there visiting from Kenya and sharing about her clinic and hospital and how they, you know, how they help people and their schools and stuff. 
And I just felt really strong. I needed to go to Kenya. So I raised some money to go to Kenya and I went in February, 2018 and we were there to kind of do outreach and uh, take supplies like, you know, food and clothing. And, and we went to a place called the Kipsongo slum there. And I met the women there and, you know, they sang and they, they were so happy and they had nothing. They live in little mud huts, no running water, no kitchen, no bathroom, um, you know, below the poverty line, like, you know, critical poverty level. And uh, a lot of them were prostituting themselves to make money or picking food out of the dumpster or selling illegal alcohol. And one of the ladies gave me this bead, this one, I always usually wear it when I speak or interview because her name's Patricia. Mm -hmm. uh, she gave me this bead, it's made out of magazines. And she said, you know, I want sponsorship for my son to go to school. And I thought, oh, maybe I can do that. And there were a few other ladies that had like blankets with some of these things uh, on them and they were selling them, but we didn't have any money and didn't know anything about that and, and got in the vehicle and went back. And I found out that somebody on a previous trip had given them a $300 microloan to start uh, little businesses with the, buying the materials to make the things and baskets and beads and uh, I woke up in the middle of the night with this God-inspired idea to buy some beads and sell them with my book when I speak. So I, uh, Baskets and Beads, that name kind of came to me. And mm -hmm. and I I bought half a suitcase of beads, brought it back, and I sold out. Got some more, and I sold out again. Uh, brought up, there, there was somebody who was speaking at a Toastmasters conference, spring conference up in the Napa area, and the guy who was planning it, his son was in Nairobi, so he brought back a whole suitcase of beads mm -hmm. and then I sold those out. And then I went in July of 2018 and there were a lot of other people that went on the trip. So everybody brought back a lot. A lot of people brought back a suitcase mm -hmm. and I, uh, I sold those. And then in February, 11 suitcases came back and it just kept increasing. And I, I kind of found out about fair trade and got involved in the fair trade world. And so I have things in a couple of shops. I have some wholesale customers and I'm working on going online. So it's been two years. I'm now a member of the Fair Trade Federation. That's a whole nother story about uh, getting that. That was like a 17 page application, very intense. And I got denied the first time, but um, I just got that right before I went to Kenya this last time. And I just returned and had uh, 11 boxes shipped back and three suitcases. Wow. That's, um, that's a lot uh, to be shipped back. It's just, it, it, you it, it never, me. <laughs> yeah, there and there. <laughs> it's, it's like, um, it's like you stumbled into an opportunity. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, it's an opportunity to be of service and, and, you know, being in the military 23 years, like my, I never really realized my life was in service and, and it's just, it, when I go, it actually feels like I'm going on a deployment cause I'm, I'm getting geared up to go. And I was just there for two weeks and I got back just in time ahead of the whole coronavirus thing, yeah. and, uh, was able to get my product all shipped in. So, um, when I'm, I work during the day, I'm I, here at home, other than I had to go in yesterday for a site visit, but I'm, I'm working during the day from home. And then at night I'm working, uh, getting my online store going and trying to get the online stuff up and running. Wow. Um, so, you know, in doing this whole thing, you still, I mean, you're still working a, a job. All right. But now, um, would you say with what you're doing here with baskets and beads, 
is bringing you a lot more joy and happiness than like, you know, pink banker chick or think like a negotiator ever did? Uh, yeah, because I'm, you know, even though in the other things I was serving people in a way, this is serving people that are marginalized. They're, um, it's, it's actually, you know, the whole thing I've always been wanted to do is women's empowerment. And I'm able to do that in a way that, um, you know, I don't see myself as their boss. We're in, and I tell them this, we're in partnership together. I'm helping them become entrepreneurs and I'm using all the skills that I've learned along the way to uh, help them be more confident, be more successful. And, you know, I have bigger visions and bigger goals, like to buy some land and I'm actually going to have to build a place for them to work because I can't seem to rent one. Unfortunately, there's discrimination over there that people won't rent to me because of, they're a certain tribe and they don't and they're in the slum. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, that I guess that's anywhere. But um, blood's all over again. <laughs> well, it, it's just uh, yeah, it's, it's like it's like rival tribes, warring yeah. tribes. And, and it's kind of like um they wait outside. It's sad. They wait outside for us when we go have our tea party at this one location uh, because they'll get chased out of there. And I'm just kind of like, are you kidding me? This, so it's just that kind of stuff happens everywhere. People get bullied. People get harassed. People get discriminated against. But I'm teaching them how to um, be business owners, run their businesses. Uh, and and my director in Kenya, she meets with them. Well, not now, obviously, but because they're on on social distancing as well. They've only got 25 cases there, but it keeps growing every day. Mm. Um, so, you know, just where she works with with them weekly and they're doing something called table banking um, because most of them don't have government IDs or birth certificates. So it's hard for them to get a bank account so that they have like a group that manages the bank and people put money in and take money out. A couple of them have even started um, their own second business. They have little kiosks where they're selling like washing powder and things like that. So they go buy it wholesale and then they resell it. So they, you know, I got a couple of them that have multiple streams of income. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, um, it, it's yeah. it's almost like... Have you seen the movie The Machine Gun Preacher? It's like trying to think if you've seen it. I think it was a Gerard Butler. It was based on a true story. And the guy did. He went on a mission trip and actually, uh, you know, ended up, it became his whole mission to then do everything he could over here to do stuff over there for them. Uh, and I don't remember what country he went to or whatnot, but um, it was based on a true story, and I've actually seen pictures of uh, of the real guy. But I, I, I was supposed to meet him at an event, but I, I didn't go to that event. But it's almost the same thing. It's like he went there, and something in his fabric of what he believes in and he does attached to what they were going through. And it's almost like your mission met them and went, wait a minute, my mission is their mission. We need to partner. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because I uh... – you know, I've had, there's always, you always have the, the naysayers or whatever. I've had a couple, few people. I actually had one, some person get nasty with me and started yelling at me for like, you know, she was like, I was poor. Nobody helped me. Why are you doing that? I'm like, whoa, okay, that's your issue, you know. But yeah. some people are like, well, why aren't you serving here? And I'm like, well, I served the military for 23 years. So you could have the freedom to say those type of things. Mm -hmm. But I'm also, I don't talk about it. I, I'm part of a veterans group at church. We do things to serve our 
fellow veteran brothers and sisters. So I am still serving people here, but I, my thing is you can't decide where God's going to call you to serve. I feel this is God's calling in my life and I'm doing what I'm called to do. So um, Kenya is a very long way away. Like would I have chosen to fly? It takes 24 hours just to get to Nairobi. And then wow. if I, if I drive, it takes another eight hours, but I've been um, shipping my bags and flying on a little puddle jumper, which takes about an hour and 10 minutes. And when I say puddle jumper, it's like 12 seats. Wow. They're, they're like, welcome to Safari Link. You know, the, the, the pilot's in the front seat and he turns around. Welcome to Safari Link. Here's a bottle of water and some sweets. You know, we are taking off now. And yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's like, you know, so, uh, and there's, there's bugs there that have like diseases like malaria. So I take, usually take malaria pills and, you know, I wouldn't, I would not have chosen to, uh, to go there. I wouldn't have thought, okay, this is where, this is where I'm going to go. I was called to serve there. So I said, yes, basically. Wow. Um, yeah. Cause like, I, I, I'm like creeped about going even outside the United States myself. Uh, I, I don't see that as being God's calling on my life, but when I see what you did, where basically, yeah, you got out of the comfort zone and you went there and basically step-by-step step, you accepted the call, right? Well, yeah, I kind of, I kind of got woke up in the middle of the night with this idea, like just dumped in my head and, and I kind of said, oh, okay, you know, I'll take a few beads back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that half a suitcase. I'll take half a suitcase of beads back. And uh, I've got enough beads here to fill, I don't know, 30 suitcases. I got, I got beads everywhere. So yeah. uh, what are you doing to market them and sell them here in the United States now, though? Um, well, obviously, I'm a little bit at a standstill with marketing to uh, like, you know, part of my target market is fair trade stores. And I also want to reach out eventually to places like Nordstrom's, Francesca's, Whole Foods, um, things like that. And then I'm, I'm starting to build the online thing. This little setup I have back here, I've been taking photographs to, to put online. So I'm, I'm kind of playing with, with this and I'm going to move it outside on my patio and take some pictures of the things and see how it, how it, turns out and then upload. I have have a lot on the Shopify store now, but I just brought a lot back with new colors and new styles. So I need to upload those. Um, so I'm doing that slowly, but surely and trying to build the online presence, both with my Facebook page, Baskets and Beads Kenya and uh, at Baskets and Beads on Instagram. Okay. Um, and, and now here's, here's the really tricky thing I want to ask you is um, way back when we were your pink biker chick, are you... Do you feel that your mission with Pink Biker Chick is now being even more grown out with baskets and beads? Oh yeah, definitely. the The whole thing with Pink Biker Chick was empowering women to take control of the handlebars of their life, but not taking a back seat, going from the back seat to the front seat, which meant encouraging more women to ride. And I'm I'm a tiny woman, you know. I'm like um, five five, about 127 pounds, and um, oh geez, sorry, and uh, and I, uh, I can ride, I have a 626 pound Harley and I can ride that like there's no tomorrow. So right. I just, I'm just empowering women to do that. And now I'm also, um, encouraging women in a different country, but it also encourages women here because women who can't even men too, but you know, women who can't go to Kenya and support 
the mission in Kenya, when they buy a bead, they're helping a woman um, get out of poverty and not have to prostitute herself to feed her kids. Yeah. And well, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's unique because basically you're teaching those women to look for the opportunities and you've opened up the opportunities. You know what I mean? You've also taken, uh, you know, taken wise counsel, you know, everywhere I've known you in the past eight, nine years, you've all, I've always seen you, you seek wise counsel and take it. So who, who are you getting the counseling from in this venture? Do you have someone that you're sticking close with for mentorship or what? Um, you know, I've, I, uh, as a veteran, I've kind of gotten a couple of, uh, mentors that have, I, I've been looking for some help mainly on the online things really don't know how to do that properly. Um, there's a lot of people out there that want to charge you, you know, 10, 15 grand to help you out. And I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm over paying large sums of money to get people to help me. Yeah. Uh, I, I you know, I'm just like, I just came from um, Arsenal, which was put on by Syracuse University uh, for veterans. And there was a lot of people there that I could help, I could get help from. And I've been actually talking to some of them. Um, there was another organization who has veteran mentoring and hooked me up with um, uh, actually a vice president for MasterCard and then another um, online marketing genius. And I've had kind of conversations with them as well. So um, I'm taking all the stuff that I've learned from all the things that I've been to and um, seeking counsel just from people and then doing some research, reading things and trying and testing things out and seeing how it works, what works, what doesn't, what can be improved for next time. The old after action review we did in the military mm -hmm. and uh, just trying to tweak and, and not do it by investing large sums of money, which kind of got me in trouble with uh, my speaking business, yeah. got me in a lot of debt and, uh, didn't get as much traction as I wanted, which is why I had to return to a corporate job because I just needed the funds to pump into um, this venture. And my military retirement wasn't quite enough to live on. So um, yeah, that's, a, I guess, the long answer for that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's an answer because now, uh, you know, I mean, we seek mentorship from people like, you know, I always say, is there, is there, I always like to ask, is there somebody in your past that like said something that inspired you? Um, you know, I mean, you, I know you and I have them because you and I've talked about them, but the other thing I want to say is now you're the mentor to these girls who are now in, in, uh, in Kenya. Um, are you doing anything else for them mentor wise other than just bringing their beads back? Oh yeah. We, uh, you know, we're teaching them some, some different entrepreneur principles. I'm part of eWomen network and you know, they've got some great, uh, core values there that we're kind of incorporating um, into into what we're doing with them, the lift as you climb type of thing. So they're we're teaching them how to come together and be a community and be there for each other. Where in the past they were like, yeah. you know, infighting and backbiting, and um, you know, there's none of that. And there's there's a we're teaching them about commitment. For instance, when we had our um, so I got, I went there ahead of time. I always go ahead of when the team's going and the, the team came and we had a day set up where we were going to do bead making, show people how to make beads and then people could buy from them mm -hmm. and no cash was going to exchange hands. We were going to do like, you know, write it all down because in the slum, you don't want to have uh, uh, cash on hand type of thing. So uh, we would get them paid later, which is how we do it. Um, 
we don't do any exchange of cash. It goes, they have something called M-Pesa there. Everything goes through that. So, um, uh, so a couple women showed up and I kind of walked in there and I said to Layla, I'm like, what are they doing here? And one of them, I know mm -hmm. she never wants to come to the meetings. The whole thing is we made a decision. Um, when I was there the last time and we had like 40 women show up and there's only like 30 in the group at that time, there were 25 in the group. So we had 15 women who didn't want to show up for any of the meetings and didn't want to work on themselves, but they wanted to show up and reap the rewards of, um, you know, oh, you're, Mzungu means white person. Mzungu's coming, going to spend money. And so I ended up taking money away from some of my women um, mm -hmm. who have been committed to coming to the weekly meetings. Mm -hmm. So we made a decision, if you're not going to be here, you know, for the work, you can't reap the benefits when it's time to reap the rewards. So those two women, bye-bye, mm -hmm. on. And there was a third woman that... Um, she she only had a couple of things with her, but she's uh, she's a, got HIV and she's like about as big around as a pencil. And she's known um, known Steve and for years. So she we let her stay. But we were like, if you cause any problem, you're going to be ejected. So um, but, you know, it's kind of like that message went back to those other women. Oh, gosh, you know, this is an exclusive group. Yeah, it is exclusive to the point that you need to come and work on yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you can't just come and show up and, and reap some benefits and you haven't been willing to put in the work. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's good because that is part of the empowerment process is, you know what I mean? Uh, if the, if you're just going to show up and try to sell your, your wares, all right, what might, what's the difference between selling this wares and what you were doing before? <laughs> yeah. About that. Now it's no, I want to make you a better woman, take control of your life. Right. Yeah. And be an example to their kids. A lot of them have, I mean, they, they have like four, one lady has 10 kids. They got wow. an average of six, six or seven kids. And some of them, like, you know, one lady, her, her husband was killed in the tribal wars. Another lady, her husband died from something and left her with seven kids, you know, and it's kind of like, wow, how do you, and, and school's not free over there. They have to pay a school fee. And they have to buy supplies and uniforms and all this stuff. And, you know, it's, um, gosh, it's about like three, $400 for the school. And then all the uniforms and supplies and stuff, they can't afford that. Mm. So we're enabling them through uh, providing them an opportunity to earn income, to be able to, to do that and not have to choose between do I eat today or do I send my kids to school? Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, and, um, what do you, where do you see this, uh, say like about three or four years, five years from now, where do you see this going to, what's the vision you have with it? Um, vision on the, the nonprofit side is that I've, uh, you know, at least built one, if not two communities, you know, bought some land and built some housing, um, have a, a complete manufacturing facility for, for them. You know, I, I want it to grow it. And we've been talking about having education and other things like doing hair or, um, you know, so teaching people how to sew and all those type of things, you know, but have a school for young girls to teach them a, a skill. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, also have built housing for, for my group of women and then maybe started another, another community uh, somewhere else. So my, my big vision is to like close down that slum completely and have it, um, have them all living in, in other places. 
And then uh, on the baskets and beads side, you know, be a household name, just, um, you know, be in all the major department stores from Nordstrom's and Macy's and Whole Foods and all those Francesca's just, and, and many more just to be a, a, a well-known brand that supports, uh, supports empowering women and their children. That, that is just, that's just awesome. So, um, <laughs> It's, it, you know, it's, it's always great to see someone who takes a process and, and, and learns from it. And you have, I mean, you've taken a process, failed, picked up, failed, picked up, kept going. And then it's like, okay, well, oh, God wants me to do this. Okay. Why did I spend all the time over here learning this? Oh, now I see. <laughs> yeah, because all the things that I've learned along the way are, um, I'm able to to incorporate. You know, there's some other things I don't know and things I'd like to learn. But like I said, I'm not willing to pay thousands of dollars, and and I I don't have the time to be part of groups, and and I just you know it's like I can't do any of that anymore. So I'm I'm just I have to find a different way. Yeah. Well, I've seen people like, you know, I mean, we, we both were in, in, in Craig's group for the longest time, um, but I've seen their other masterminds that I've been part of. I've seen people come in and not realize how hard the work is. And they just want to basically, oh, well, I can throw $300 or $3,000 at this and it's going to it's gonna fix the problem. You have been the perfect example, especially with these women, that it's not just throwing money at the problem. It's doing the work. Oh, yeah. And that's my, the time in. <laughs> my phrase, the power's in the work, you know, yeah. it's like a lot of people want to come, you know, they sign up for something or they throw money at something. And, and, you know, a lot of people in the poverty area, the, there's a great movie. I suggest everybody go watch. It's called Poverty Inc. You can find it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a movie about the poverty industry, which is disgusting. People are making money off of poverty. And um, I guess it just goes with anything. But, you know, people want to throw money at a problem. You can't, money doesn't, you know, like you think about somebody who wins the lottery and then they're broke again because no, throwing money at something doesn't solve a problem. You have to change a mindset and people have to do the work. And yeah. people that don't want to do the, oh, this is it. I'm going to, this is going to fix everything. Oh, you mean I have to do this and this and this and this? Are you kidding me? Yeah, you have to do the work. You don't want to do the work. You might as well not sign up for anything because that that's you might as well not invest any money in anything because you're going to have to do a whole lot of time. And I was, you know, I'm like, did I like that? I have to had to go back to a job. No, but right now I'm grateful because um, I'm able to go sit over there and, and uh, work and get paid and still be able to support this, this ministry as it grows and um, helping more people become aware of it, but it takes time and it takes money. And, and I was, you know, I was willing to do that as, as hard as it was. Oh my gosh, it was the hardest thing that I had to do realizing that I was going to have to, you know, go back to work. And, and I still had some speaking engagements this year. They all have canceled. Mm -hmm. So, um, I wouldn't have gotten, I would have been in a, in a world of hurt. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful every day because this, this means that, you know, yeah, I'll be able to sustain myself, which I could barely, I could almost do on my retirement, but, um, my, my women are still going to be okay. I'm still going to be able to, to, uh, move this forward. Um, even during this time. So, uh, if someone wants to find out about this ministry and stuff and where is, what is the website for you? Can, uh, even though it's flashing on the screen down below here, but why don't you say it for the audio version so we can hear it? 
Yeah, well, so the baskets, basketsandbeadskenya.com goes to my website. That's the Shopify store. Basketsandbeadskenya.org is the uh, the kind of the backstory with the nonprofit stuff where if somebody wants to make a donation, they can do that. We have like a high five and a double high five program, like 10 bucks a month for food packs to make sure that my women get food. So um, that, so basketsandbeadskenya.com, basketsandbeadskenya.org. I love this tool and add and save and let's see if it'll work now. Okay. Ah, <laughs> Do them together. .com .org. So I'm still working on the Shopify store. Like I said, I've been taking a lot of pictures. This is, this is a bracelet on a broom. Yeah. So these are all made out of paper. So I've been doing different things, playing around with, uh, I was like, hey, I've got a whole patio full of flowers. I can take a lot of photos. And, uh, you know, I'm just playing around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can uh, get some good photos to put up on the, on the Shopify store. And I've, I've uploaded a few things um, in the last few days, but it takes a minute. So, okay. Okay. So, um, well, I appreciate you coming on and, and telling your story again. All right. Cause this is just, I, I, I've loved watching your transition into this. Um, but I, I always like to close my shows out with a little bit of fun. You want to have fun, right? Hey, I'm all about having fun. <laughs> so I like to do this game called this or that. And I have a couple of questions. It's you, you, I say two different things. You pick one. All right. <laughs> two of them are mandatory and people get a little, they're, they're, they're sensitive subjects, but People play. You all game? Sure. Okay. So let me start off the list with uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Oh, well, that puts a side question in. Kirk or Picard? Picard. I like <laughs> Picard, too, but Picard, you know. So, yeah, uh, John, who was my last person, uh, same thing. He was he was same thing. He liked Picard as well. So Next generation. I like that's my favorite. Yeah. Okay. So beat your mountains. Beach and mountains. Beach and mountains. You got to pick one or the other. So beach. Beach. Yeah. You live in California. You got to have the beach on your favorite. Fifteen miles away, but I can't go. <laughs> Fifteen minutes. Yeah. Go. Um. So coffee or tea? Tea. Tea. Huh? I, you know, with the baskets and beads and the tea time, you kind of figured that with that one. You. Yeah. You know? Not a not a coffee girl. Love the smell of it. And can't stand the taste. Ah. Okay. Okay, and we've got, uh, then we go down to, okay, beer or wine? I don't think you drink anymore, though, do you? Wine, if I have anything. Yeah. I, I try to think of the last time I had a glass of wine with you, really. It's been that long, so. Yeah, every once in a while, I mean, you know, the the, the scripture says, be not drunk with wine, so, like, I'll have a glass once in a great while, but, you know. Okay. Tea. Well, this one here, all right, because of your living in California, but I know your Texas roots, I'm going to ask, hamburger or tacos? Tacos. <laughs> Come on. She grew up in Texas. She's got to love tacos. Yeah. Homemade with uh, Eldana salsa. Yeah. I, you know, some of the best tacos I ever had um, was in Arizona and Phoenix. Um, two biker friends of mine were on that Hoka Hay ride. 
And I went to, to I went I went with him to to see him off on that day. And right across from our hotel was a little taco place, and it's probably the best tacos I ever had. And that was that event was the very first time I met Joan in person. Oh right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember that's the tacos. I remember greatest things, but like tacos. 2008, I met Joan. Yeah. Here, here in Texas. All right. When I was in the car wash business, we'd eat tacos out of a guy's trunk. He would come by the car wash and make tacos for you out of his trunk. Oh my gosh. Those are the best tacos yeah. we're going to get. Yeah. Um, a couple more here. All right. So then I have, um, um, a little controversial one here because right now, all right, with all the toilet paper shortages, are we going to toilet paper under or over? Over. Okay. <laughs> if you if you can have it at this point in time. Right. I still have some. <laughs> I had the miracle paper towels yesterday, you know. Yeah. So I know you're a single girl and all, but I got to ask this one is boxers or briefs? What? <laughs> That is the answer I expected. To tell you the truth, I expected to go, what? <laughs> is there such a thing? Uh, I throw those last two in because just because they're fun to see. Uh, but I, I mean, I always like to see people who have just, you know, it's fun questions, you know. Um, I've done sometimes I throw in, you know, no pizza questions. Sometimes I throw in, you know, meat questions. But every now and then I just, the, uh, the you got to throw fun ones in at the end to make people go, huh? But the toilet paper one, that's a war sometimes, just saying. I guess so. Yeah. So Somebody has to have something to fight about. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, again, your your website's basketsandbeadskenya.com and basketsandbeadskenya.org, correct? That's it. You got it. All right. Any party words you want to give to the guests who watch this? Uh, you know, um, during this time, I think the most important thing is be kind to each other and be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, self-care is very important. A lot of people, you know, how do you do self-care? You know, you hear a lot of people say, oh, all you have to do is positive thinking or this or that or the other. There are some people who can't get from there, from here to there because of the, the state that they're in. And I, my suggestion is to stay off of social media and stay off of the internet and just, um, I check it in the morning to see, okay, California, where are we? What are the numbers? Um, all right, I'm done. Then, uh, you know, I, I do my couple of social media posts and then I, I start working and then I go outside of my garden sanctuary and, you know, play in the flowers and then. Well, I mean, I love it. It's great advice. All right. We'll keep positive, keep through this. Thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you as always. Thanks for having me. You bet. So, guys, it's another Tim Gillette show here and gone. Great Eldona Lewis Fernandez. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, you know, we'll be doing more of these. Uh, I'm on a kick to do 100 interviews in 30 days. So, uh, you know, somebody be great in the show, by all means, introduce me to them. Love to bring them on the show, interview them, and find out about them, just like we did with Eldona today. I'll see you next time with another episode. Bye. All right.